0: Hello oh, and welcome to the BAME Comedy Sock Podcast, Don't BAME It On Us. I know that not everyone likes the term BAME or puns like the one we have used, but that's the title we've gone for, so please don't BAME it on me. Oh no, I did it again. My name is Rohan Asher, although only my family call me that, so more commonly known as Rohan, and I am your host for this podcast. Joining me... Is Leo Betru, who is one of our comedy sock writers and has been performing stand-up comedy alongside myself this last year. Hello, Leo. Hey. Also featuring is H Singh, who writes for comedy sock as well and was in the Freshers Sketch Show, which you can find on Spotify. Hi H. Hi. Our final participant is Tolu Ojo, who performs stand-up comedy and was a producer for the Society last year. Hi Tolu. Thank you all for being part of this. Now, I promise you listeners that the podcast is not just to have a go at white people, but if we do, it will be with good reason. So that's my vow to you. We're going to be talking about race and themes around that within the context of comedy, mainly discussing the notion of performing ethnically related material, as well as diversity in the wider comedy industry where BAME people are an underrepresented group and face a variety of different attitudes which we aim to explore. I think a good starting point would be to ask all of you what kind of material you perform in your comedy sets and whether or not you joke about your culture or ethnicity. So Leo, would you like to start us off?
1: Uh, Yeah, sure. If the question is what kind of comedy I like performing and the stuff I like writing, Uh, I'm on the, the end of the spectrum that doesn't really like uh race-based humor not necessarily i mean i don't it's not that i don't like it it's just i don't perform it myself uh i like i like performing stuff that's a little weirder i like making the audience think a little bit more you know i like i don't like being predictable to any capacity so when especially when you're a black comedian you go on stage i can tell the audience in their heads they have certain ideas of the jokes i'm going to tell so my My favorite thing to do is to never, ever say any jokes they think I'm going to tell. I like being as weird as I can. And in my sketch writing, it's mostly just uh, pop culture, internet based humor, you know, nothing. uh, Nothing normal, nothing fun, just weird stuff.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I go on the stage knowing people are probably expecting me to do it and still go with the ethnically related material. Anyway, um, H. I want to ask you about this. You have a YouTube show called Pakistani Cunt. I do. Um, Can you explain that for us?
2: I can, and it's something that I get asked as someone who is not Pakistani. um, (laughs) (laughs) Why why you have the audacity to... Make a show called uh, "Pakistani Cunt," um, and that is because it's something that I got called. It was like my first, like, big experience of racism, like, sort of like out on the street, kind of like you know, when you you get stopped by someone, you know. Well, my show talks about it, and it's that um, getting called a Pakistani cunt. Um, but I thought it was like a weird. It was sort of a it. It hits right on the on the nose kind of thing. You go for that very thing that you get called. Make a big show about it and you know, hit it directly. Um so um, you know, as you can tell, that that's what I talk about a lot in my comedy. I talk about other things as well and and sketch I don't I don't tend to draw upon it, but I like to go straight for the straight for the bullseye kind of thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um and in kind of when when you've performed that kind of thing, have have people kind of gone, oh it's been done before or is it quite like your stuff is original and they kind of respect that you're talking out of experience
2: I like that I, I think it's a bit of both I think I start uh, in a lot of stuff of with that sort of like mainstream has been done before but in a slightly you know with slightly different jokes of, of ethnic banter kind of thing but um, I think particularly with that show the Pakistani cunt uh, one it was it went from that sort of light-hearted um racial banter to this sudden like okay I was talking about something completely different and then bam racism came out of nowhere and that's the point of that show is I'm talking about something completely different and then it was just a story about me going to a party and then coming home and just on the way home no idea what was going to happen kind of thing bam out of nowhere and I think that one's quite different because it is my own experience and it is a lot more serious suddenly out of nowhere and I think that's what makes it a bit more original.
1: Well, can I ask how long uh between the, that incident happening and you creating the channel what was the time frame how long did that take? Creating
2: the show was quite quick but channel was channel already existed.
1: Yeah sorry I, I meant from the incident that sparked uh, the name up until the point where you first used the name as a comedic tool what how long did that take I'm, I'm just curious.
2: Um, I think I was quite quick about it I was quite quick from from the incident happening to me making that show and going right, okay, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna talk about this one. I was quite quick, I think.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, you mentioned the term ethnic banter. I know I
2: stole <laughs> that from you. I apologize.
0: <laughs> I, my my second comedy show was called Ethnic Banter, um, so I think you can see what end of the spectrum uh, I'm on. But because when I started. Writing comedy uh, and doing stand up. I did a lot of sketch and I did a lot of acting. And my kind of vow to myself is I'm going to go on a stage as myself. And I found it easiest to just be observational and write from my own experiences. And that kind of cultural, ethnic vibe, talking about like family experiences or experiences going for a curry with um, my predominantly white theatre group uh, in Watford. Uh, big shout out to them. Um, that that was kind of where I saw what was funny about my life at at that stage. Um, Holly, now I know you <laughs> you have a a very different opinion on that. So would you like to share it?
3: Um, as in different opinion on ethnic banter?
0: Yeah. No, I don't. I don't have a problem
3: with it. Um, I think. Sort of going back to your original question, um, I'm probably more on Leo's side in terms of doing um, ethnic jokes. I think people from certain backgrounds and certain communities um, being ethnic and like their their experiences are very much related to their ethnic background. So I guess it makes sense for them to do it, but. I still think I'm yet to see someone do um, an ethnic joke or an ethnic routine that was mildly original or interesting. Um, so I'm trying not to take offence from that. <laughs>
0: <I'm skating. laughs> so you were watching I mean, the whole of last year, and you were going, "Oh, this guy is not good. <laughs> He's not." I'm not gonna lie. I was original. no, no.
3: I was, I was, I was kind. I mean, I was kind of disappointed in that. I was like. Oh, what are we gonna see now? I haven't seen this guy before, and then it was like, oh, okay. Um, mm. As in, that it was good, but it was good in a way that a lot of other uh, ethnic minority comedians are good. It's it's good, but it's good in a in the way that a lot of other comedy is good. So I think my problem was just like the lack of originality, the lack of creativity. It was it was it was it wasn't bad in any sense. It was it was definitely good, but at the same time, it was like, oh, okay, I could have predicted that. That's a shame. I wish he... You branch
0: out a little more, yeah, no, I get that my comedy is quite mainstream, I mean, I don't steal jokes, but it's on a similar um vibe to probably a lot of what you hear you know rummishrung Ranganathan, Paul Charlie, yeah. those those kind of comedians and I mean, what I've tried to do now is just personally i've I mean when I performed that material last year, that's the material I have performed the most so I decided yeah let me come to York it's going to be mainly white people that's that most of them are going to enjoy it um and this is what I feel most like comfortable performing (laughs) but now I do want to branch out because I do have a lot of material written that isn't
3: did you say most of them are going
0: to enjoy it uh, they will yeah because I just tailor it to go oh yeah I'm brown you're all white um and do, a bit, do an Indian accent once in a while. You'll
3: make millions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all you
3: need. So, do you have Do you have no qualms about? Um, I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm not sure how much like self-deprecating humor you involve yourself with, but do you have no qualms about doing that like, sort of thing in front of a mainly white audience?
0: No, I, I don't, because um, there are certain things I've said that now. I would go, okay, that is lazy. I'm just
3: sticking a, a,
0: sticking a stereotype in there and not really doing anything with it. And I think that's the main process I've done with my material over the last years, kind of tried to take that out and put something more original in. But this kind of material, I've performed it in front of my family and people of like the same culture as me, and they've enjoyed it. Um but uh, obviously, adapt it slightly and contextualize it to a mainly white audience is what I did when I came to. Uh, Could university. you give
3: examples of like the sort of things you think are too stereotype based? Because I'm not sure much of ethnic humor like strays away from being stereotype based. So, what what kind of things were you thinking that were like too far?
0: Well, I think. Um... What, one thing I will say on the stereotype thing first is that I try I like to play with stereotypes either kind of say okay this is a stereotype from the previous generation but these are my experiences of what's happened to me and I think it's true or I like to mock the stereotype and go nah that's wrong I don't know why people uh, still still kind of think that um, but I've made jokes about discounts in the past um, and sometimes I've joked like, as in, yeah, it should probably stay because it's part of something bigger. But sometimes I just said, oh, Indian people want to get a discount. And I think just saying that alone as kind of a punchline is just, is it has been done before yeah, no, no. and I shouldn't do it. Yeah. So, so those kind of things are are probably what I'm, I've tried to weed out.
1: Can I ask you Sandra, Have Have you ever written or maybe performed? Uh, a joke based off of race that you've regretted oh yeah this is open to anybody actually but
0: um i have written um one before which i i'm trying to remember i probably have but i haven't performed it i wouldn't say i've regretted anything i've performed i think it's like the process of whether you're bame or not performing something going back watching it and then going I can do better than that is part of the process, so I won't kind of blame myself for anything I performed like earlier on when I was starting to do comedy, um, and yeah, I don't think I've said anything racist on a stage before, and if I have, then <laughs> watch my stuff and cancel me.
2: Yes, cancel Rohan. I would say Tolu, to your to your question, um, I. I think that when I do... So things with, like, stereotypes is often, for me personally, is I get accused of being... Well, accused is probably the wrong word there. Acu- I'll go with it. Accused of being Asian. Um, <laughs> I say that like <laughs> it's a crime. Um, Pointing fingers at him. <laughs> um, a lot of people think I am what I'm not, so I like to, to play on that and sort of go, right, okay, your, your stereotypes are clearly wrong because you're... I have a, I have a joke um, in one of my shows where I bring out a map and just point at the difference between like in miles between uh, South Asia and Trinidad where I'm from and it's just you have this like massive difference Um, and so I like to play around with that and the other thing is I like I like doing Rohan's term of uh, ethnic banter I like doing that because it sort of bridges the gap it makes it a bit more casual so I, I think specifically with white audiences it makes it a more Informal talk about racism because I feel like a lot of like that you have that sort of white guilt and you have that um, certain people are afraid to like say certain things because they think they're going to get attacked for saying it or you know what I mean that kind of thing. Um, So I think having that sort of informal conversation with an audience where you're going like this is something that we should all be open about. Yes, it happens and like racism happens, it's bad, yes, but you don't need to be afraid of discussing it. I think that's what I try to do with my comedy.
0: One thing that I have been kind of, my fam- well, my dad had a problem with it is um, in one of my sets, I impersonated what like white people say uh, do the Indian accent. So white people go like, oh, but, 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 but that's like the stereotypical Indian accent. And I was kind of trying to mock that, but I did it myself. And my dad was like, no, I don't do that. I don't like hearing that. Um And actually, in in response to you, Tolu, one one set that I really didn't like, I did do try to do like accent based humour, but I went, I didn't just do the Indian accent, I did other accents, and I, looking back on that, I was like, I shouldn't do that, and I don't want to do it again. So that's one that I might slightly regret because I do think if you're going to talk about stuff, talk about your own background, your own experiences, your own culture, especially to do with ethnicity.
3: Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I personally think that, like, um, comedy is a necessary or even useful tool to discuss racism. Um, I'm not sure I, I will need to claim that baggage, that I'm going to use um, comedy, something I enjoy, but... Um, as a means to educate people or to sort of spark a conversation on an important topic. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm sort of interested to see why you guys think that. If, or if you think that consciously or if it's something that you've just sort of ended up um acting upon. I mean I disagree with that statement. I love the idea of
1: having comedy be an avenue to uh discuss difficult things. I like it as a uh the sort of something you know when you this is gonna be an analogy, you know when you want to give your dog medicine or a pill you wrap it in some cheese i think comedy comedy is that cheese uh to give the bitter medicine to uh
3: i I think this goes
1: back this goes back to like
3: when um uh i think rohan was saying epic banter how how is it banter if it's a one-way conversation like is it not just preaching at, at, at some point
0: no i i you see i don't
1: it's a great way to start a discussion though
0: I don't think it's a one-way discussion because I talk a lot about cultural interaction. So me as an Indian person, like how, how it is around like uh, non-Asian people, like for example, i use the curry example again, like how they uh, eat Indian food and like how I've been eating Indian food growing up with my family and kind of joking about the differences between that. And Kind of on the educational thing, I do see comedy as a way to kind of mock people who have like unprogressive or kind of discriminatory attitudes because we can laugh at them. And that's a good way of informing people and kind of proving that, (laughs) you know, these people don't have good opinions. I think
2: I was going to say you also bring you bring people onto your side. It's not. It's you don't turn it into a sort of debate. You, through your humour and other jokes that are not necessarily race based that you you have in a show, you bring the audience onto your side. Especially with my, I don't know. You know, different people take different stances when they do their comedy. But my my stand up is very much sort of okay, I want you to like me, please like me. And I hope that I do that because otherwise what's the point? But <laughs> um, but through doing that, when you sort of make points afterwards in, in, or, you know, during it, people go, oh, okay, yeah, that, that makes sense. or And they can see your way of doing things. So I wouldn't say it's a one-way conversation, more you sort of just showing people your view of the world. Um,
3: yeah, I, I agree with I, that. I is that, is that distinct from like preaching? Like, is that something you feel the need to do or something that it just struck you complemented comedy well? Like, do you feel the need to change people's minds as a result of like your ethnic background and experiences you have because of that?
2: I know personally I started with no, it, it just sort of came with it kind of thing. And then that, that show we mentioned a few times now, getting some good advertising in here, the Pakistani cunt one, that was, that was my one where I was like, okay, right, I want to do something serious that actually has sort of like a good message behind it. Um, but, and now I'm, I'm writing one about OCD at the moment as well, and that one sort of has a message behind it. It's not as preachy uh, as you say, but to be fair, yeah, when I started, it was just sort of like a coincidental thing. And then I went, oh, okay, I can actually, I can actually go somewhere with this.
0: I haven't always written comedy with um, the purpose of, oh, I'm educating people by joking about curry or how different people pronounce my name and stuff like that. It's only recently that I've thought, okay, maybe I can incorporate this kind of ethnic banter that I've done for the past few years with kind of um, mocking people's discriminatory attitudes. And as H said, what, what he's doing with, the set he's writing about O C D, those are the kind of things I see my comedy kind of going towards as well. I'm not gonna copy you, don't worry. Um <laughs> yeah. But, but I, d- I do think comedy is a very viable vehicle for that because if people are laughing, they're listening.
3: Yeah, I get that. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: Okay. Um I mean that that was a very good discussion I think. Um so what I want to kind of find out now and kind of relating to that, who who have been your comedy influences? If it could be a BAME comedian that would be helpful because um, that is the title of the podcast um,
3: I'm not sure I have any BAME comedy influences I think that's a weird thing to say I think the first <laughs> <laughs> yeah I give myself up uh, I think the first Comedies that I really ever saw okay. was Dave Chappelle, um, and I thought that was incredible. But that never made me want to do comedy. The the thing that made me want to do comedy, and what well, what made me want to do comedy was specifically screenwriting comedy, and that was Michaela Cole and Chewing Gum, because um, no. I I was watching that and I was like, um, I don't know, not to, not to be you know, too cliche on the notes. of like, oh, wow, if um, if they're letting people like her have that sort of creative freedom, you know, um, this looks extremely exciting. This looks very interesting. It's something I think I'd enjoy doing. It's something I think I could do as well. So that's when I, I really just decided and realized, oh, I I would like to get into this. Um, and it wasn't quite a bit, bit later um, that I decided I sort of discovered stand-up and got interested in that. But as to stand-up specifically, I can't think of yeah, I, can't, I don't think I have any I have any fame, inspirations, per state. there are people I enjoy uh, specifically like Eric Andre and Hannibal Bur- Burris, but like I don't think, I wouldn't call them inspirations too much perhaps.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you've said that because it's not a requirement. I think uh, people think if you're BAME, you're going to have these BAME comedy influences. And obviously for me, yes, yes, I do, because that's how I started with my comedy. But one thing that annoys me is when people write you off just because you're BAME, or they think the theme of your material is going to be BAME, because there there are BAME comedians out there who just perform non-ethnically, Related material, um and one of my like most striking experiences was a couple of years ago. I think this was when I was plugging Ethnic Banter as a show. One of my friends and um, he kind of turned to me, and he doesn't have a great way of phrasing stuff. <laughs> he kind of just blurts stuff out, and he said, "Oh, my dad won't like he, uh, your comedy because you talk about brown people." And I was like, "What?" what? <laughs> 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 Hold, up. <laughs> Hold up! And he was like, "Yeah, okay." Um, the clarification was that his dad says, oh, I've heard those kind of jokes before, so it probably won't be engaging. But it's like, even...
3: Wait, what's his, what's his dad, Brown?
0: No, he's like... Um, okay. But like, so I like I'm saying, <laughs> even if, you know, he, he doesn't know the comedy that I do, but automatically he assumes that I do that. And right,
3: I think... but don't you think you put yourself... you? into that box by like doing essentially only ethnic jokes it goes back to can you book. can, well,
0: can you really say so you're not an
3: an a, a capital e capital c ethnic comedian if that's all you're doing
0: no like, is he wrong Did no he... because he that was um on the assumption that i just because i was a brown comedian his dad didn't know the name of my show and I'm not just an ethnic comedian. Yes, I've performed a lot of ethnic material, but I don't think you could call me an ethnic ma- comedian because I have performed other jokes and sets that are not, ethnicity doesn't come into them. It
1: goes back to what we were saying earlier, but that that's when I'm performing stand-up. My number one nightmare is, is the audience thinking they know me and what I'm going to say before. say anything i want i don't want that that's the worst idea
2: and to your point to your point rohan about the assumption i played on that on on that first set at comedy sock that you saw me doing leo where i literally introduced you know i just walk up on the stage and go oh yeah you're going to assume that i'm going to talk about being asian and blah 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 and then i just go off and you know do the rest of the set um and that the joke is that yes, that is kind of what I talk about. But but it's that assumption that the second you walk up onto the stage, they're going to go, okay, right? I know exactly what you're going to do. And just to play with the audience on that on that whole idea.
0: So H, who would you say is like your either your favourite comedian or your your comedy influence?
2: I think to stick with the to stick with the Bane thing, I think I'll go with the um, with man like Mo Bean. The show, because I think that's such a beautiful way of doing sort of of race humour, but in a way that is not shoving it in your face. It's not, oh, look at me, I'm brown or black or whatever it is. It's here are some people in their ordinary life, well, not ordinary lives, because otherwise it'd be a boring show, but in, in a sort of ordinary context, um, and it just happens almost to be that these these people are are Muslim and brown. Um, oh, and there's one black guy as well. And it's that sort of this is natural versus this is like a forced look at the representation thing. Um, and I think and it's such a such a funny show in and of itself. Um, but it just I just think that that kind of thing does wonders for for stigma and stereotypes.
0: Yeah, ghost is great big up Gus he's, Khan. he's fantastic I remember his first live at the Apollo he, he kind of went on and um just spoke about teaching you know and I, I think people would have it's this idea that people think oh it's a Bane comedian rather than a comedian who happens to be Bane, which is the attitude that people should have and that doesn't quite happen at the moment um Leo, what's up, man? Comedy influence. Uh, comedy influence.
1: I'm gonna have to. Uh, I I can't say everything because I'd be speaking for hours and hours. But I'll I'll split it into stand up and writing. Uh, in terms of writing, it's the two big ones that a lot of people have: Python and uh, The Simpsons. Very different, but yeah, those are the, those are the two things that I always aspire to try and write like. Uh, in terms of my comedy, that my stand up though, that is more uh, similar to Tolu. It's. Uh, inspired heavily by dave Chappelle. dave Chappelle is the first comedian dave Chappelle's the first comedian i saw uh performing and i th- i and i thought to myself i want to do that i want to i want to get what he's getting but the thing about Chappelle is my sense of he- my style of delivery and stand-up is very different from his i like to think i get my style or at least i it's you can call it inspiration you can call the shameless plagiarism it's hannibal burris i try and be as much of <laughs> it, it i try as to emulate his uh Nonchalantness, his lack of care. You know, he, he Hannibal Burris has a way of telling some, some of the dumbest jokes ever uh, on stage and still getting some of the greatest, some of the best laughs you can. And that's, uh, it's a lot, that's how I write my stand up. Uh, m- a more modern one, uh, somebody I discovered mostly in the last year or two that I really, really, really love is uh, Mo Gilligan. I, he's very, very big uh, inspiration of mine in in the current sense uh his stand-up is is amazing his uh podcast is one of my favorites the big nasty show is the best thing on uk television so yeah there's that
0: yeah i mean on the kind of plagiarism thing what i will say because one, i got into comedy through python um four white guys how ironic um six white guys what am i on about sorry um but what I re- john cleese i think said one of one of my biggest advice is steal if you're writing just steal and kind of make it your own um yeah and that kind of brings us on to on tv we see all these comedians uh and it just looks sometimes like they're filling poor poorly made diversity quotas
2: yeah, actually, BBC. no, you mentioned it. Yeah, the BBC actually. Have you guys seen that TV show Mock the Week? Um, you know, you, you know when yeah, you have <laughs> when you have a panel of, of six people, and it always seems like they're trying to fill a quota because you could literally. It's like they have these different hats, and they pull three white comedians out of one of them. They pull a woman out of another per, uh, of another. They take a gay person, and then they have. One one bame person, and and that's your six. And if Romesh isn't available, Nish comes. And if like you know, if, if <laughs> you've got that classic, if Angela Barnes doesn't come, then it's Zoe Lyons. Um, <laughs> and it just it just seems they're definitely trying to fill spots. Yeah. Yeah. BBC
0: definitely look like they have one guy in an office going, "All right, we've got a new new show on. Can we have uh, five bame comedians on on call? Five LGBTQ plus." And then the rest of them, you know, it's fine. We can just get the white males in. Um, it definitely looks like someone's creating numbers.
3: The BBC comedy director definitely has a very specific idea of what of what BEM comedians uh, can do or should do, because all the ones they bring on BBC shows are only ever there talking about like um, ethnic minority issues. Like that's all the jokes they make. Uh, yeah.
1: Be devil's advocate. There is one exception. That's Richard Iwadi. He's he's. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't Yeah, he's one he's one that I've never ever thought of as uh somebody who does BAME related humor.
3: Right? Yeah. But yeah, exactly. But he's not really on the BBC mm-hmm. that much. Um I mean, it sort of points to the difference between BBC and Channel Four, where I think Channel Four is wrong BBC out of the park. I think shows like I think the big nasty shows on one of the best shows on, on TV and it it sort of it sort of completely dismantled the idea that like the idea that the, that the bbc has that bame people can be brought on to do bame things uh, for bame people uh but no they've, they've they've really shown that like also with um with chewing gum like i mentioned earlier that like with creative freedom these people can do far more things and far more interesting things than like the bbc comedy directors seem to assume i i
1: agree with that 100 i th- it goes beyond bame related stuff that uh, channel four is uh some of the best UK TV shows have come from Channel Four in terms of creativity. And uh BBC will never, yeah. ever. It, it feels like BBC is under too much scrutiny internally to ever release anything. And, uh, it, it seems
3: like um, you know, if if they had someone like Richard ayawade on who would just talk about like, I don't know, plant, or whatever. Uh this toilet break, uh I, I think the BBC would the BBC comment director seems to think that like, well we're not getting the most out of this. Why don't we get someone on who's gonna make jokes about I don't know, on touching their hair or
0: whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um. One thing I will say about the BBC, even though I don't like the way they currently do it, they, have, they did produce one of the best kind of cultural sketch shows that I think exists, which is Goodness Gracious Me. Have any of you seen it? Sorry. It was basically, I saw it. It was basically in the 90s and 2000s. Uh, so obviously I, I didn't watch it live, but, you know. Um, but it was just four uh, Indian people, two guys, two girls, and they just made loads of sketches about being Indian in the UK. And some of it was just taking the piss out of white people. And some of it was like you'd have to be Indian to kind of understand it. And probably the biggest example I can give of that is one of their, their most notable sketch was called Going for an English where they cu- they flipped this whole curry night idea and went to an English restaurant and they were they were kind of getting the, the waiter's name was James and they just kept getting a little like, Jame's, hey, come here um, and they were kind of ordering kind of 24 portions of chips or 50 bread rolls and then one of the guys just gets up and goes, What is the blandest thing on the menu? And you know, it's just that kind of thing, just flipping these stereotypes on their heads. Um, but that's what I can say advocating BBC on the kind of ethnic um,
3: theme. But something really interesting is there aren't any uh BBC Asian sitcoms anymore, are there? haven't. The BBC? Oh, okay. Okay. Right. So it's until very un- until very recently, they haven't. There was a, there was a big gap. But, um, wait, is, is
0: the Far-Mal- Dame Baptiste show? Far-Mal-Land I don't
3: know you called... Yeah, that was also very recent though. Do you know the Dame Baptiste show? I think you'll know Sunny D. I think it was called
2: Sunny D. Is um yeah Dame Baptiste. Yeah, I started
3: watching. Yeah, that Dame that Baptiste. That was the first um that was the first they coming on the BBC in twenty years with a black main character. But there seems to have been a big gulf uh, for some reason, I uh, try to make up recently with like shows like Family etc. Um, I'm not sure what explains that, um, but it's interesting. I'm not sure if you have any theories.
2: There's got to be pushes in diversity, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, be. definitely.
3: But why, why the backward step for well, a number of years? I'm not sure. A conservative government. <laughs>
0: Well, well, we're, we're, getting, we're, not getting, we're not talking really. about
3: comedy anymore, uh, are we, Leo? Let, look, let, let me, okay. You know what <laughs> I have to say. It's a <laughs> bit about Margaret
0: Thatcher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me um, let me say as well. I think Sky are in a way worse. Especially oh, they yeah. might be improving recently, but they basically got Romish. He's <laughs> a good comedian. Yeah, I like Romish. His stand-up is good. He's a good comedian. And they basically went, look, mate, here's a big contract, and you are on yeah, Oh, are... diversity. You're the guy. And <laughs> Do they have me.
3: a, uh, a they black have... default guy as well? What's that? Do they have a black default guy as uh, well? Ooh, that's a good
1: question. I know uh, it's not necessarily comedy, but Idris Elba's always on their adverts. Yeah. Uh,
3: I think Mo Gillig- Gilligan is moving to be the... Uh the uh the default black guy in certain person i think uh he's very he's, he's very stuff. very
1: popular right now to, to go on to ramesh though i love ramesh ranganathan because I, I listen to his podcast and everything but the stuff he produces for sky is is bad is it, the I, I, loved yeah. Yeah, they, I loved last tense i loved ramesh ranganathan they're milking that man for
0: <laughs> exactly some of the stuff he's produced is just awful. You seen, I'm like, you You're seen, making rubbish unfunny. Just get another comedian. Have you
1: seen comedian. that thing with, with uh, him and Rob Beckett? It's like, yeah. these two, I think these two are funny. And they, together, I've seen them be
3: funny. But this show is, is wank, It's another word. When you don't have to try, you don't try. Dave Chappelle actually pitched the, the Chappelle show to HBO and they rejected him because they, they said, we already have Chris Rock, why would we need you? But I think the explanation for that is, um, it's all, it, it, they said they're said basically saying they don't need two, two versions of the same thing, right? So they're assuming that, well, they were right, that Dave Chappelle was bringing more ethnic humor, more black comedy, and Chris Rock already had that. So I think it's not necessarily a case of they only want one Asian comedian, it's more like they don't want multiple asian comedians doing fairly similar things
1: so that I, I i think it's that's not a great way i mean it's what is that 2002 it's not a great way to look at it because uh there's so i'm much not defending
3: more. it i'm not, I'm not sure oh, no, no, not i'm not, not saying you're defending it. i'm just saying yeah.
1: even, even from yeah. their perspective it, there's so much more today chappelle and chris rock than we make jokes about black people and i think oh no no yeah, but should... i'm saying from an outsider's perspective yeah, no, I, I can i can definitely understand why that's uh, that might be something they believe but if these networks have any uh, ambition to be successful, they you can see that that's not the best way to think right now. So I, I don't see why they think, the Sky would think, we have Ramesh. If Nishu oh, comes knocking like, on the door, <laughs> we'll tell him
0: to. Ramesh we'll to... literally said it, because on League of Their Own, which is, um, is a sports-based mm. kind of panel quiz show, but it's one of my favorite shows. I think it's really funny. And because James Corden got stuck in America, Ramesh has basically been hosting it and he does a really good job on there. That's one of their shows where he's very good. And they were talking about hosting, and Ramesh was like, Why do you think I'm hosting it? I'm, f- I'm filling the diversity question. <laughs> and, it's,
2: and it's, again, it's an interesting point that you. Yeah, no,
0: definitely. We it, know, oh, he said it straight up.
2: As as um, As we all sit here, you know, joking about about uh, diversity quotas and filling them and how bad that is. And we're, <laughs> we are but
1: one podcast amongst
2: a sea of, one, of white people.
1: is <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Told laughs> not even a member of the society. I had to ask yeah, him no. to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait, yeah. Is, this, is, this uh, is this 100% of comedy spots being white uh, like, Bame and... It's just
1: a chat between some good mates.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. Basically... All the all the white people in charge of comedy sock came to me and said, <laughs> "Look, Rohan, you talk about ethnic material, and we just need to we just need to fulfil this diversity question. you two, you, su- you su- are on our backs here. Uh, you know, uh, so can you... No, I'm I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, just, just,
2: we love you, comedy sock. Please don't hate us. No, I'm, I'm uh, us. Disclaimer,
0: <laughs> disclaimer. I am joking. This was my idea. He, he's, he's, he's not. That's his favorite.
1: He isn't He's, He's it. leaking it. To me. <laughs> <laughs> I I speak for everybody on this podcast. He was telling the truth.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, do we think quotas are good or bad then? And what kind of quotas?
1: I don't I, like them. I th- yeah. I mean, it's not. I it's, think it's, it's not to go a great argument I heard, and it's not to do with necessarily Bane comedy. Was uh, and again, one of my favorite comedians, Frankie Boyle. Talking about quotas uh, in terms of men and women, uh, male and female comedians, and he was, it was, I think, with Richard Osman at some uh, Fringe uh, lecture thingy a couple of years ago, and he said, uh, "quoted the what is it?" Every oh, I panel, saw that. Yeah. yeah, Every panel show with, with six six contestants having one or two women. That's it's not. That's not a good quality.
3: I wanted fifty-fifty, and I I kind of oh, like yeah. that sentiment. The, that really uh, well, stuck with me. Like that, really, I think. Yeah, no, he he was saying that the 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 owner should be on the producer to get the woman, the female talent, instead of expecting women to jump through all these hoops that have the qualifications to come on these shows because they wouldn't have the qualifications. Because yeah. there's already a head start for men.
1: Yeah, it's it's lazy to yeah, just no, assume that there aren't that many uh BAME or female comedians because I'm 100 percent sure they could fill those seats if they really wanted. And they could fill them with people that are very funny so
0: there are loads like it's i think quotas are a good starting point like let's make sure we have diversity in our shows or on our channel but they only work to a certain extent and at the stage we're at now it feels like just get rid of the quotas there's enough comedians and just make sure you're boasting diversity but don't put kind of restrictions on
3: numbers. I, on I, think Just most, most, I think a lot of BAME comedians on the BBC wouldn't necessarily be in the job if they weren't BAME. And I don't think that's because BAME comedians are on average worse than um, non-BAME comedians. I think it's because they're fulfilling a very specific, specific goal of BBC. So I think the kind of comedy they're doing is not superior to... It's not good enough that they would be invited on such a regular basis. I think what you would see is, what you should see is a far broader range of comedians. If you got, if you got rid of the thinking that like we need to get these people in, and we, and you're thinking of them specifically as bame, you're thinking of just getting comedy talent in as a, in general, regardless of whether or not they're bame, you would see. Hopefully, you should, deservedly, at least as many BAME people, but you'd see a, a much greater diversity and a higher quality, I think, of BAME comed- comedy. But it's not comedy that's being chosen because it fits a big box. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah agree. I, I agree with that as well.
2: And I think that follows on with, with why I prefer, what I said initially, like quotas. I don't love quotas. I think the best thing you can do for diversity. Have any of you seen that film, The Old Guard? It's a Netflix one. It's like an action film. Oh, is it the uh,
1: Charlize Theron one.
2: Yes, and what's beautiful about that film is none of it's it's the three main characters. You have got Charlie Theron, and you have got um, I can't remember who who she is, but is a black woman, and then you've also got a guy who plays a gay character. But the three, all three of them, are amazing characters in their own right. They're all amazing, and none. It, there's no focus around any of it they drop they drop bits you know they drop everything in and you you but the focus is not on it it's like okay this guy's awesome and he happens to be gay and it's that thing that you guys talk about like the whole a uh, comedian who happens to be black and that is what i think makes for the best sort of diversity is not just shoving someone in and going oh look we're shoving in a brown person here it's whoa this character is awesome and it's a woman. This character is awesome. And it's a black guy or a gay guy. And, and that's what I think that film does does so well.
1: Yeah, you got. You have to give credit to Netflix. Netflix are really good at doing stuff like that.
3: But, I would. I would also say.
0: Sorry. No, uh, what I just. Were you I was just saying. Netflix are brilliant. They're they're like a very good example of just putting good content out there without you know having all the numbers on it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I would say. um I think. It's all well and good to say um with no quotas that there'll be a lot of like BAME talent. But I think there's like even within like BAME comedians, I think there's probably a lot of like inequality between like BAME men and like BAME women and other groups. So like I would like to see like um I think quotas can help in that sense. I think so, you're like, right, it's a good
2: starting point, as you say. At
3: least like, you know, at least at least, you know, X percent has to be BAME women. Um I think it it is something to maybe not even like something to feed the the cast and director at the state or just, just something to monitor like like executive position just like to give people a nod that like, oh, by the way, you know is, you had no Bane woman last year um you know let's see if we can do something about it, it instead of putting it front and central uh just i mean it's something to, it's it's worth monitoring right I think quotas are not necessarily i think. Not necessarily like a means to like mediocracy or a means to like like just pure bureaucracy instead of creative instead instead of thinking from creativity, I think they can actually help like you know certain groups that are unfairly overlooked, not because of their lack of talent get a, get a foot in the door
0: yeah, but that's it. They shouldn't really go further than they shouldn't be the way forward if you know what i mean they they should be there. Just to make sure, you know, all groups. Yeah, I think yeah,
3: you, you need you need to, you need to completely normalize the idea of uh, of you know you people should be able to see a panel that's hundred percent bame and be like, yeah, okay, cool. Instead of like you know like instead of you know like people thinking that like oh a bame is like a, a, and like a way to spice up the panel like it should be like oh DC flow all all on the panel they're all talking about completely different things. Like, this guy's from London, this guy's from Leeds. Like, they're not just the same comedian. Like, they're not, like, two different types of same comedians. These are very different experiences. Uh, you need to sort of, you know, break the assumption that that many people are sort of guests on shows, like, guests in, in like, the industry rather than, like, people who, you know, are just as diverse as any other group. Yeah, like, a course, Yeah, going to get to break that that assumption. And then from there, you're definitely right, Rohan. You, you need to go further.
1: I like yeah, the no, way you, no. the way you put it when you're like uh, it's a bit like a cultural exchange. It's, we'll get this Bame comedian in now. He'll, they'll tell us about their experiences and then maybe uh, we'll get somebody we'll put Jimmy Carr on the Big Nasty show as a as our as the other side of the cultural exchange. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, th- I think your way of, of saying it the uh, sure quotas might be a great starting point but what's the end point and uh, imagining a, a, a say a week of i don't know mock the week or who or uh, have i got news for you that's entirely a black panel or an, entirely a bane panel or entirely a, a female panel and nobody bats an eye at that 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 is uh something that's definitely something to aspire to
0: no but it's just you want it to be done on talent you want to get to a stage yeah. where you have enough yeah. of each kind of group each kind yeah. of representation and then you judge it on talent who's producing the best comedy material who's best for hosting this um... the, yeah let's say it's One a, of... a
3: position where like black women feel completely at home in the comedy industry yeah and people don't feel like they're taking a risk hiring black women
1: yes yeah, so like if it's a panel of entirely BAME women an audience member will look at it and say this is the most diverse panel because that woman has uh, this set of beliefs and is from this region of the UK. That woman has this. They're all so different, even though from face value they're all the same ethnicity and the same gender. Yeah, yeah that that would be a great. And it works the other way great, as well. Great, worth living.
2: We, we want that I, that that to get to a point in society, and this is far off, as we all know. That that uh, yes, an entire black panel wouldn't wouldn't phase us, but equally, like you could have one week where there was like all white guys and then the next week it was all women but like you wouldn't notice we only notice when it's all white guys because we go okay right there's there's you know under undervaluation that's the status quo isn't it exactly but if you were in that point in society we shouldn't we shouldn't see a panel of all white people and go oh that's a problem yeah, like, we should Like we should in cons- a perfect world, we wouldn't you know, we'd just go, okay, those guys just happened to be the best ones that they had available, kind of thing. I mean,
1: it's it's talking about like a utopia, but it wouldn't it be great if uh, your gender or your ethnicity was the same as say your your height as uh, a physical characteristic. It'd determine nothing.
0: Um Paige, I just wanna say a lot of white people just agreed with you. <laughs>
2: I'm actually half-white, so (laughs) I'm the diversity on this panel, I think you'll find. (laughs)
0: Um, On that note, now that we've potentially pleased everyone, uh, let's round it up. Um, I think we're far off, but it's starting to move in the right direction, uh, especially with what Channel 4 and Netflix are doing. So let's get contracts in front of more Bane comedians on Sky and give Rommish a break, you know? Um, so, does anyone else have some closing thoughts?
1: I mean, it's not particularly Bane related, but I think it comes down to comedy. I think comedy can be anything. Comedy could have any meaning, it could have any purpose, it can be done by anybody that looks anyway and still be funny. That's the only thing
3: I can say.
0: That is beautiful. Holly.
3: Um, I think it's good that people feel that comedy is an, an important and dynamic vehicle enough to use it to like translate their experiences into entertainment, um, but I would like to see a greater variety of that from BAME comedians, and for BAME comedians to not feel trapped into that or feel they need to touch that at all. Um, I would also say quotas uh, are... A good starting point, uh, possibly, um, but I think, you know, the onus needs to be on producers or we can work towards uh, an environment where no one from any group feels unwelcome, out, not at home, um, or a guest in comedy. Uh, I think it's a good starting point to make sure everyone can feel that they're at home and that um, there are not significant barriers to them getting to wherever they want to do in comedy or doing whatever kind of comedy they would like to do.
0: Definitely. I don't think anyone can really disagree with that. So, thank you very much to all of you. I hope we've said some insightful stuff.
1: The only insightful thing uh, we said is that Ramesh Ranganathan deserves a break. <laughs> <laughs> Ramesh is sitting at home going, yes! <laughs>
0: Ramesh, Ramesh, if you're listening, we love you. But just tell Sky, you know, give me some time off to actually write what? some new material. <laughs>
1: Ramesh, I'd love to be on your podcast, man.
0: Yep, Ramesh, get him on. I love how we've pretended like Ramesh is going to listen to this. Anyway, that's all from us. To our listeners, maybe including Ramesh, thank you very much, and keep a lookout for more Comedy Sock online content over the coming weeks. This has been the BAME Comedy Sock podcast. Don't BAME it on us. We'll see you soon.
2: The Bane Podcast was a York comedy sock production, hosted by Rowan Asher and featuring Leo Betru, H. Singh, and Tolo Ojo. It was edited by Sam Hill and features music by Emily Brighty.